0: Welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Monergan, and today I'm joined by Joey Brennan to discuss delegation for leaders, what that looks like from a leadership perspective and some actionable steps for you to take to your team so you can become a better delegator. Welcome, Joey. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to talk about delegating decision making as a leader with you today.
1: Yeah, this is going to be fun. And delegation is a topic that comes up a lot with our CEOs and our leadership team members. And I think today is going to be, be interesting. If you're interested in decision-making, uh, there might be a little different flavor to this than what you typically run into, and in like how to delegate stuff. So this will be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. So today, I really just want to have an honest conversation with you, which I think is one of your biggest strengths as I love being able to just (laughs) pop over and sit down and have these honest conversations with you. So I think that delegation is a really tricky art for most people, but especially for high achievers. What about delegation do you think makes it harder for high achievers?
1: Well, I think most of the time we look at it as a trade-off, right? So I could do this myself and it's going to get done exactly the way I want it to get done exactly to the standard I know that I've set for myself, which, you know, let's be honest, may not be the highest standard, right? Just because we've we've been accustomed to doing something the way that we do it, it's kind of presumptuous to think that nobody else could do it better than we could. But oftentimes what's going through our head when we think about delegation is, well, this can be a trade-off. They're not going to do it as well. It's also um, one of the things that is difficult is it takes quite a bit longer. When you're talking about delegating, you know, there's a you have to explain what is the scope of the thing that you're asking somebody to do uh, that you would normally do. You have you may have to train them on some of the tools that you would normally use to do it. And you have to be, you know, willing to I would say circle back. Circle back's like one of those words uh that I think we had a client one time or, or another firm that we work with and they're like, that's like their swear jar. Anybody, anytime, somebody says "circle back," like they have to put a dollar in the in the cliche jar. So, but when you talk about delegation, one of the reasons it takes longer. Not only do you have to explain, not only might you have to train, but you also have to kind of go back, review, give feedback, maybe tweak, maybe edit, maybe revise. And so, if you're like one of those high achievers, one of those people who's used to just getting st- stuff done, the the prospect of taking you know, something's taking longer. It's just enough friction for you to, you know, well, maybe it's not worth it. The, the way to get over that hump, I think it's a fairly easy one. Is just to, somebody told me this one time, like you can spend, let's say that it takes you twice as long. It's going to take me 30 minutes to do this. Um, and it's going to take me an hour to delegate it. And okay, that's an hour now. And let's say that it takes me, let's say it's, I can't just delegate it once and be done with it. Let's say it's going to take twice. So I'm going to invest instead of two 30 minute sessions, I'm going to invest 2 one hour sessions. I'm going to give up an extra hour of my life, but then I'm going to get back a whole bunch of 30 minute periods after that. So like the, I'd say if you're looking for areas to reclaim time on your calendar through delegation, it obviously makes sense to find the high volume stuff that you're doing. You can make that investment and then kind of move it off of your plate for quite a while. The, the, Issue though is when we talk about delegation, one of the things that you you need to it, it's not just about your time. When you look at delegating something to somebody, we talk a lot in in terms of the role of a leader to um, to encourage, exhort, and empower, right? And that's that. So encourage when they're doing well. Encourage them. Exhort when they're falling a little bit short. I believe in you. I know you can do better. What do we need to do to get you there? But empowerment is that area where you've got somebody who's ready for more responsibility. They've they've proven themselves in other areas. And delegation is how you actually start to empower some people. So when you you really need to think about this, not just in terms of what it's going to take off your plate, but the extent to which you're investing as a leader in your fellow team members by empowering them to take over some of these responsibilities. And delegation is just a conduit for that empowerment. It's it's kind of the tactical way that you go about empowering somebody to do those things.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that if we can really like cultivate intentional leaders in this art of delegation, I think people's minds would be blown just how much easier it would be to Get things done on a regular basis because they're not constantly having to be in the weeds or in the thick of every single thing that's happening in their business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I again, let's go back to the thing I said about presumption like it's very presumptuous to think that, oh, if it's going to be done right, I have to do it myself. And when you hear somebody say that, um, like little alarm bells should start going off in your head, right? Um, this is a person who needs a lot of leadership development because they just don't get it, right? They, There's a lack of, well, one, I'd say there's like a lack of humility there in proposing that you are the best person for this job. If that's true, like, okay, whatever that thing is, you've kind of capped out in terms of your potential, Right, like like you've reached the ceiling. You, that's the nobody else can do it as good as you. Then, obviously, you're gonna get stuck doing that for the rest of your time. So let's take something that's like pretty much not to say mundane. It's important, right? But it's something that we often see delegated. So we'll talk about, um, you know, we have clients that do uh, like construction projects, right? So you could say like project management or, or scheduling or something like that. So let's say that we've got a business owner who's in charge of project management scheduling and they're like nobody can do this as well as i can i'm the best project management scheduler in the company and so that's why i have to do this i just can't delegate it okay but you're the owner of the business right so you're the so the the highest we're going to go with you owning the business is the owner's going to spend their time scheduling and doing project management which means we're not going to be doing a lot of other things. You know that, that The more successful we become, the more projects are going to be required to be managed to be scheduled, which means we're not going to be innovating and taking on new projects. We're not going to be moving into new markets. We're not going to be able to take on more sophisticated types of work. We're not going to be able to diversify into other types of work. Uh, we're probably not even going to be able to scale up our teams because you're not going to have the time to bring those other leaders on board. So we're done. That's basically what you're saying. And when you put it to them like that, no, 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 no. Okay, so is it possible that somebody else could come and you could delegate that responsibility to somebody else and then that would free you up to do these other things? Well, it's possible, but I still don't think they're going to do it. What you'll often hear is, I still don't think they're going to do it as well as I do. Okay, it, I will agree. They're not going to do it the same way that you would do it. But one of the problems is we get, when we're delegating in particular, we get focused on delegating exactly how I did it instead of delegating the responsibility for the outcome. Because it's possible, especially if you've sat in that seat for a decade or more, it's certainly possible that software has changed, that methods have changed, that the workforce has changed, that the... Strategic partnerships have changed, whatever it is that is involved in you doing that particular task, over the last 10 or 15 years, it's probably the case that you've fallen into a rut of doing it the way it's always been done. You put somebody else in that position and say, well, the outcome is that we have, say, in a scheduling capacity, the, the, the desired outcome is that we're at 85% capacity all the time, meaning 85% of our crews are engaged in work that's moving projects forward. And all the projects are on the, the on the timeline. That's the outcome. Now, how I used to do it with this giant whiteboard behind me. Right? You may have been trained or have experience in a software package that optimizes using some good algorithms or some AI that puts in the capacities of different crews, and it will help you schedule those in the appropriate places much more efficiently than I was able to. So letting go of the idea that delegating is showing somebody, delegating exactly how I do it, just putting somebody else in my seat. That's really not where we want to go. We want to say, what are the outcomes that I'm looking for? And I want to delegate that responsibility for those outcomes over to you.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I like that, delegating the outcome of that. I think that would at least hopefully help those of our listeners who are really struggling with this concept to really take a second take a second and think about it a little bit more from a different perspective. Like what's the outcome I want? Can I really get to that outcome? Have I just been doing it for too long, etc.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, when we've talked about delegation previously, which um everybody here should know that we talk about delegation a lot. Uh, <laughs> you've mentioned that there's a road to delegation. Can you explain that concept to us?
1: Yeah, and there's there's different flavors of this so the way I'm going to describe, maybe use different words, but they all kind of follow the same principle. And it's really well, the words I use direct support, coach, delegate. So direct is kind of like phase one. So I think of this like four phases. So direct means that you've put together a process that, that others can use. And this is important because even the the simplest thing that's on your plate that you delegate, there's a step one, a step two, a step three that's in your head that has to come out and get on paper because. Human beings are terrible at telepathy, right? We're just not very good at reading other people's minds. And so when I say, um, Shannon, I'd like for you to take over all aspects of the strategic planning preparation for our large annual planning meetings that we do with clients. Right? And you go, okay, I'm, I'm ready for that. That's This is great. This is an opportunity I've been looking for. How do I do that? (laughs) What you're essentially asking is, Joey, how how do you do that? And because there's a couple interesting things that the, the process, the people who are involved in the process, the people who are the beneficiaries of the process, oftentimes will experience these ancillary benefits from you delegating to somebody else because here's what happens. Let's say I've been running that annual strategic planning process for the last 10 years. And it's all in my head. And because it's all in my head, I really don't have a process. I have a desired outcome that I'm trying to get to. But my lack of process means that I'm likely very inconsistent in achieving that outcome. And it also, that inconsistency shows up for the other people on the other side of that process. So the clients who are involved in that annual strategic planning process, you know, from one year to the next, they're like, wow, like last year, two weeks out, we got all this homework. This year, we got it two days out. Um, And then the year before that, there was no homework at all. And that's simply indicative of my own lack of process. So when I start to delegate to somebody else, one of the things I have to do is get serious about my process. Do I have a process? Well, The other, the other crazy thing about this is that what, a lot of times when somebody starts to delegate something to, to someone else, there's this little interim period where they're like, I know I need to delegate that to somebody, but Shannon has told me that I have to direct a person how to do that first. And that means I have to walk them through my process. I don't have a process yet. So I got to build that process before I can even start this. So I'm going to spend this next planning cycle. I'm going I'm to build a process. And so I kind of archetype a process, um, put it together. I try it out. I'm like, it oh, didn't really work I'm, on the next the next meeting, next month or next week. I'm going to tweak this or that. And I go through a few of those iterations. All of a sudden I find, holy cow, I've gotten so much more efficient at doing the thing that I used to do just as a consequence of having to get serious about my process. So, the first stage of of directing someone and how to do something means that you have to know what you're about. You have to know what you're doing. And there's a layer of intentionality that you have to go through that often will kind of surface these huge efficiency gains just because you've boiled things down to a step one, two, three. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that in a real life um, kind of example of that is. I'm taking on right now a lot of the marketing responsibilities, but Mm -hmm. you had mentioned to me, I don't know, it was probably a month ago now, like, just remember, like, you need to make a process because this isn't always going to be just on your plate. We're going to have to teach other people. You're going to have to learn how to delegate this. Um, And that's really been forcing me to think through how exactly should this be done? How efficient, like, is what I'm doing efficient? Should I change it? And then asking other team members also to help me um, so that I can learn how to delegate while I'm also like taking on that role as well. So I think that that direct part is super important.
1: Right. That's a great example. Um, And it kind of feeds into, I got a great example from this morning. This is exciting. This is cool. Like we're, we're like making sausage in real time like you're getting a peek behind the curtains here in the <laughs> kitchen of axiom um, but so the second stage so we direct first right you got to get a good process in place step one step two step three get that out of my head get it on paper then that, the next stage is support and that means that you're giving the other person an opportunity to work with that process knowing that it's deficient or knowing that they're going to need additional resources in order to effectively run that process right and so I think this was you, right? So another little like peek behind the curtains. If it's not, it's going to be embarrassing. But I had, uh, I was doing a, a presentation to a big peer group of mine, C12, uh, last week. And, and I had asked them, all the members of our team, says to, to let me know what are some significant issues, challenges, opportunities you see Axiom facing. And um, and I want to talk about some of these with my group. And one of, one of the folks that, uh, answered that anonymous survey so i'm kind of going on them talked about the need for uh, a brand guide a style guide is that you
0: um I think so yeah
1: yeah i think it, I, I think remember. it was i think it was but you know just the idea of like hey we need consistency in our marketing and our imaging and our branding yes. and stuff mm-hmm. and so like exactly what you're talking about right i i delegated a lot of the marketing activities to you and the kind of the the, putting the frameworks together and the disciplines together, the processes together, and and you've been um, kind of masterminding that and pulling in different members of the team and generating content yourself, but getting them to generate content. And in the process of that, you're like, "Hey, we 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 need some stuff here, right? I need some support. we need. I need you to prioritize." Um, let's get a, a consistent look and feel in the form of a brand guide or a style guide, right? And that's a, a perfect example of what the logical progression is. Once you direct somebody in the process and you let them go at it, you should be sitting there, like kind of leaning forward, not, not not watching over their shoulder, but anticipating them coming back to you saying, "Hey, um, I need you to explain this, or I need you to invest in this, or can we do? Can we add this piece because?" It's really necessary for me to follow this process, and if you're not, if you if you don't anticipate that, a lot of business leaders will interpret that person coming back as, man, like I didn't realize this was going to be such a high maintenance thing to delegate this stuff. And the reality is, you have as soon as you hand it over, the very next thing that's going to happen is they're going to ask for your help. And if you're not anticipating the need for you to step in and do that support, you could get frustrated or dis, or disillusioned about how long this delegation stuff is really going to take.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not a snap of the fingers. And that's where I think people get frustrated is they're trying to delegate and people are telling them, just delegate, just delegate, just push it off. You don't have to be doing this. But they're mm-hmm. not also in the same breath saying, it's going to take time. Like this delegation is not a snap of the fingers. It's not an overnight process. For some things it is like, I don't know, delegating your child to take out the trash. That should be something that you tell them how to do at one time and it should happen within a week, right? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But some of these bigger things that we're talking about with work, it is going to be a process. And sometimes that could be a couple of months of a learning curve. And that's okay. You have to have patience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that even a, an example as simple as taking out the trash, you know, you can say the trash comes at our house. The trash comes on Tuesdays and Fridays, right? So the process, getting the process out of my head and into my fifteen-year-old's head, is um, on. That means that on Monday and Thursday nights, we go around the house to all the bathrooms and you're know, in the kitchen and we take the trash and we go put it in the garage. We don't take it out to the street yet because the raccoons will make a terrible mess of it and you'll be cleaning that up Tuesday morning and Friday morning. Um, but we get kind of get it all staged and then you need to get it out to the curb by 7 a.m. on those two days. Clear? Clear. It's like simple enough, right? But even then, in that support stage, like, who who do you think buys all the trash bags? Right, it ain't them. Right, so at some point I'd be like, "Hey, I'm out of trash bags." Right, so if you're like, "Oh, this delegation thing requires me to buy trash bags," this, this is ridiculous. I thought that I thought I was going to be rid of this, and so even in the simplest things, you're right. Like the simpler the task, the less complicated, the less sophisticated. And essentially, what we're saying is the the lower responsibility type stuff the faster this will go. But it's still going to go through all of these four stages. right? So the, thir- the third stage is coach. And coach just means that you're watching the results and you're providing some feedback. And this one is really where I think... So there's a difference between delegation and abdication. Delegation is what we're talking about now. Abdication is to take out the trash. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick and tired of it. You, it's your responsibility now, right? And we go from zero to a hundred. Like we go from that person having no responsibility to that person having all the responsibility. And, and this is where, even if you're abdicating, right? You can direct, you, so you can say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how to do it. It's Tuesday, it's Friday, take, you know, gather it up the night before, get it out to the curb by seven. Questions? No, fine. You're still gonna get pulled into support, even when you're abdicating. Oftentimes, you'll get pulled into support when you're abdicating early, especially by smart people, because they're going to go, whoa, 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 you're just throwing this on me? Do I have enough trash bags? And Do I have enough? Like, obviously, you're going to get pissed if I come ask you in, in three weeks for trash bags because you'd want to be done with this. Can you get me like four months worth of trash bags so I don't have to worry about you griping me out if I come ask? So they'll ask for support early because they anticipate, man, you know, like, this is not something you want to be bothered with. And their brain will kick into higher gear and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to need this and this and this. I'm going to ask for it now because I don't want to have to come back to them later. So you'll get through the support, but the coaching phase where you're actually watching the res- results and providing some feedback, that's where you really separate delegation from abdication because in abdication, there is absolutely zero coaching. Right? It is, They're not watching. They don't want to watch. They don't care to watch. They don't think it's their job to watch. And you've really done this person a disservice because now they're out there. And if they're killing it, they don't know they're killing it. If they're missing the mark, they don't know they're missing the mark. They're just completely at a loss for understanding whether they're hitting. So, I mean, abdication is so poisonous. It's so toxic, not just to the actual results, but to the team members who are getting this stuff dumped on them and have no idea whether they are meeting expectations. And a lot of business owners are frustrated, or business leaders are frustrated because their people are asking for uh, like performance evaluations, 90-day reviews, or annual reviews, or semi-annual reviews. And the reason they're asking for that stuff is because everything that's in the responsibility set has been abdicated from somebody else. There's been no coaching. There's been no feedback. There's no, been no watching the results and some inputs. There's been no exhortation. There's been no encouragement. And so they're asking for these things because they don't know any better. And it's not on them to know better. It's up to the leader to properly walk through this progression and not skip the coaching stage. So if you have people who are like, I never get any feedback, that should be a huge red flag that probably your MO for handing over responsibility to them has always been abdication because you've been skipping this coaching step.
0: Yeah. The coaching is really important. And I think another really great example, just real life example is, um, as I've been handed this marketing stuff, um, I keep coming to you. I keep asking, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. And I think it was during our last one-on-one and (laughs) you were just like, I've let it go. Just just go. Just run with it. I'll pull the reins back if I need to. <laughs> and that was all I needed because then, I mean, now I've just littered everybody's calendar with things I them do. Um, but I know that if I go too far, I'm going to be pulled back and that's okay because there is still some of that coaching that I might need. Um, and it feels like as somebody who is also a leader, but still under leadership, it feels good to know that I am trusted with this project, but it also feels good to know that like, you've got my back. If something Mm -hmm. were to come up, if, um, one of the team members were like, I feel like we're just doing too much with marketing. Like someone will come to me and say, Hey, why are we doing this? And can we have a conversation about it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, really the person who's been, who's being given the responsibility should never feel like they're going it alone. Um, Cause we haven't reached the fourth stage yet. Right. So that right now they're still very much kind of under the wing of the leader and they should feel that they should feel the love of knowing like this is, this is a safe place for me to ask questions, safe place for me to try things and, and, and know that people are going to come to me and say, I, I appreciate the effort there. Can we tweak this a little bit? Because I think it's missing the desired outcome. And that should always, the coaching should always be like you know, the question that the leader who's who's doing the delegation, they need to continue to remind themselves, are we getting the outcome? Is the outcome happening? Because I'm probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable with how the outcome is being achieved because it's different than it was when i was doing it like all those things that we talked about before that are really improvements leveraging new technology bringing in new relationships just different methods of doing things the person in all likelihood the person that you've delegated something to they're going to do it better than you you have been doing that's one of the reasons that you you know pointed to them as, as maybe this is somebody i can hand this off to there was something about them that demonstrated a skill set, a capacity, a background, a, you know, whatever that's going to make them better. And so they're going to change things. And you have to, as the person who's handed over the baton or is in the process of doing that, you got to go. Are they getting the outcome? If they're not getting the outcome, I need to come alongside them and coach them. If they're getting the outcome and I'm uncomfortable, I can still go talk to them and say, "Hey, I'm just, you know, I know you're doing this different than I would do it." can we just have a conversation and you can assure me that you really know what you're doing? Like this is very intentional and you're just brilliant. You're more, you're smarter than I was and I can rest easy in that rather because sometimes, you know, if, if it's a really safe place, they might go, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. We just happen to get really good results that week. Right. So, um, so, but it should be that, that coaching relationship should be that kind of dynamic, um, where you're able to have, Safe, really, really safe conversations. Um, and I would say the leader has to have invested enough time in the relationship so that they can come have safe conversations when the outcome's not being met. Because what happens if there is no safe relationship, they don't have the conversation, and they either live with suboptimal results because they're so non-confrontational. And you and I know like the majority of the business owners that we deal with are very non-confrontational. Right. So it, it's a misnomer. It's a myth that business owners are these hard charging, you know, like steamroll people. They, they are not like they get steamrolled way more often than they're the steamroller. And so they'll live with suboptimal results because they don't have a safe relationship to go to the person and say, Hey, I think we're missing the mark here, or they will take it back. Right, they'll come up with some excuse. Hey, Shannon, I know you're really busy. Uh, we've got a couple new clients coming on board. I'd really like you to shift your efforts over there and this marketing stuff. You know, really, I don't want to burden you with that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll take that kind of stuff back just to free you up over here. Right, and it's it's really disingenuous because you see right through it. You're like, oh, I knew, I knew. I probably I kind of had questions about that. I didn't think that we were really doing what we needed to, but it wouldn't give me any honest feedback that I didn't know, right? And now you feel like a failure. I feel like a failure because I couldn't have an honest conversation with you. So this coaching part, it is the hardest piece in my mind. It's the secret sauce to really being able to get to the point where you fully delegated something, which is kind of that fourth stage. But I guess my question is, where have you seen the ball dropped on the coaching front? maybe with businesses we've worked with or your past experience?
0: Oh man. Um, with businesses that we've worked with, I would have to think for a minute on that one. In my past experience, delegation has always looked like, has always looked like abdication. Um, I have never worked under a leader until Joey where delegation was actually where I had support and coaching. Um, and that's not just blowing smoke or anything. It's like, yeah, real
1: you, love. Get, you get, get your $20 bill at the end of this <laughs> podcast.
0: Um, yes. I'm actually paid under the table. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, it's truly honestly, so incredibly rare, at least in my career thus far to have found, um, somebody who does delegation so well. Now I will say in the companies that I, in my agency, when I was running the agency and the clients that I worked with, there were a couple people, I would say, I think I worked with about 30 different companies, um, across four and a half years. And I would say that there were probably eight to 10 who were pretty good at delegating. Um, And that included that coaching piece. Mm -hmm. Some of them were good at delegating and supporting and not the coaching piece as well. Um, But I think that coaching part is like the biggest thing that's missing a lot of times from delegation. So, okay. My last question for this podcast, Joey, is what is the goal of delegation or what should the goal of delegation be?
1: I think we, we talked about it initially, which is really empowerment. There's a guy named Dan Sullivan. Uh, he founded an organization called Strategic Coach, it's really popular among entrepreneurs. Their, their stuff is great. And we really, I personally subscribe to a lot of the things that they espouse. And one of the big tenets, one uh, what Dan's sayings is who not how, right? And so, who not how basically means you're looking for the people who can um, kind of leverage their unique strengths that will allow you to leverage your unique strengths. And I think that's probably really the end game of what we're talking about here. And another way to say that is empowerment. To empower somebody to be responsible for the outcomes. And what you'll find is that initially, your desired outcome is time your desire you know the person who's doing the delegation the thing that they're trying to do is redeem some time they're saying this thing takes me a while to do there's other things i want to do if i can hand it off to somebody i'll get that time back but what if you pick the right person and if you go through the steps of directing supporting coaching and then that final step of you hand over responsibility for the outcomes to that person and at that point They're just accountable for the outcomes. Like there may still be some coaching, but by and large, like they've got the confidence, they're on the right track. They've checked all the boxes. There's no head trash that they're worried about getting in the way of them accomplishing the results. Now it's just all about the results. Well, what happens then? My goal was to get my time back. I wasn't think, so think about the, the example we've been using internally, like the marketing efforts, right? I was thinking about the time that it takes to produce, you know, to to come up with content, to produce, to post-produce, to distribute, um, to log, to track, so that we can cross-reference and and cross-distribute. I was thinking about all the time that that takes, and the fact that there's lots about that that I don't know how to do, and it's just going to take me a long time to figure that out. And so, is there a person on our team that I can empower to take that kind of stuff over? That's all I was thinking about, right? Now, you take that, you take your unique skill sets and abilities and your history and experience, and you begin to um, understand the process. We have some, you know, I support you and get you some new tools or some extra resources that you need to be super effective. Uh, coach you along the way, just to make sure that that you know that I'm I'm pleased with the direction things are going, or the outcomes are, you know, might be, need to be a course correction here or there, and then I go, okay, Dell, not Shannon. That's that's your responsibility. You're responsible for the outcomes for that. You're not satisfied just having checked the box, saying, okay, Joey got his time back. You're actually focused on those marketing activities going out into the world and achieving results, which is not was not even on my radar. All I was focused on was the time. So when we talk about empowerment and we talk about delegation being a road to empowerment. What we're really talking about is delegation, not just being the road to empowerment, but being the road to exponential results where people are going out and achieving outcomes that you weren't even thinking about because they weren't on your radar. The only thing that you were thinking about was redeeming some of your time, which which is also valuable. So those results are being accomplished over there. But now what am I doing with that time? I'm focused on results that only I can achieve with the time that I've gotten back. So it's a it's a win-win. We're winning because you're achieving results I wasn't thinking about, and we're winning because I'm achieving results that I wasn't able to pursue before because I didn't have the margin. That's really the, the end game of delegation. If all you're looking at it is, I don't want to do this thing anymore, you're kind of missing the point. Mm-hmm. And, and you're more apt to abdicate Because if the only thing you're focused on is, I don't want to do this anymore, the easiest way to handle that is just go, I don't want to do this, you do it. And and here's the other, the problem with that is, if that's all I was focused on is, I don't want to do it anymore, that means I'm probably not focused on using the time that I now have available to go out and achieve better results on my own. Mm. It means that I'm not willing to stick around and support and coach you so that you can go out and achieve results. So we just stay flat. The only thing that's happened is I've gotten one distasteful thing off my plate that I don't like. And maybe I give myself a few points in terms of quality of life. Yeah, my life's a little bit better. But oftentimes you find businesses, managers, leaders who've just made a career out of abdicating responsibility. And yeah, they're responsible people, meaning they don't necessarily let things fall through the cracks. But because of this history, this habit of abdication... There are also people that never really rise to achieve extraordinary results. And they kind of get stuck in this professional manager role where really the chief goal is just don't screw up. It's mm-hmm. not achieve great results, just don't screw anything up. And, and those are the people that a lot of folks suffer under because they're constantly abdicating responsibility.
0: Well, and I think too, that the leaders listening to this podcast need to think about their team and uh, have they created managers who are professional abdicators and have they done that um not even realizing it but almost on purpose because all they want is somebody in that seat all they want is somebody so that they don't have to pay attention to it and they don't really care how it gets done but they just want want it completed so are they creating the problem um, and I think that that is a question that our listeners can ask themselves. And it's a hard question, but you need to take a look in the mirror. And if you're experiencing issues with one or more of your management team where you feel like maybe they're not actually um, completing things like you thought they should be, or perhaps it seems like they're not as busy as they ought to be um whatever the case is maybe take a hard look at it are they delegating things or are they abdicating things to their team are their team members succeeding or are their team members feeling burnt out and stressed and feeling that they don't have the support that they actually need
1: yeah a great point and if that is the case go back to what we said was the biggest difference between abdication and delegation and it's that coaching stage which means you're watching the results and you're providing some feedback for them to get better, which means you're invest, essentially you're investing time in them. You're mm-hmm. doing one of the very first affirmation that we ask leaders to make. You know, what's the thing we ask you to believe in or affirm to sit on the leadership? And that is that leading requires an investment of time in people. And that's where coaching chews up some time on your calendar. But it is the absolute best bang for the buck if you got somebody that that you're trying to get to the next level like you described and you're going, oh man, this hurts. This is a hard truth to hear. Okay, well, how much time are you spending with that person watching the results and providing feedback so they can get better? Because that's the thing that you can do to flip the switch from abdication to delegation. And then that person starts to feel like, okay, I've got the confidence to know I'm doing what Joey's asking me to do or what Shannon expects me to do um, now. I can focus on actually getting results out of that thing rather than operating out of fear of just don't screw it up
0: yeah i think that this is such a great conversation and i'm excited to uh, keep talking about this as we go through the rest of july we'll be talking a little bit more about this topic on social media um in some of our email blasts and Um, just on our website. So make sure that you stick around and you um, watch for more of these topics about delegation coming out from us at Axiom. And please be sure to subscribe to our show and leave us a review if you have the time. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much.